Miracles of healing is what I've really been praying and asking the Lord to do and for him to manifest himself in the midst of us. Does anybody here believe that God is everywhere? Okay. So we believe that he's everywhere and he's everywhere at, at all times. He knows all, he sees all. There's nothing hidden from him. We believe that. So then, therefore, we, we must then take this a step further and say, well, if God is everywhere, then we must believe and really hope in the fact that he's able to be manifested anywhere. I truly believe that God can be manifested anywhere at any time. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what building you're in. Doesn't matter about a name on a building. God can be manifested anywhere. Anywhere there is hungry and thirsty people. The scripture says he who hungers and thirsts. After righteousness, the Bible says they shall be filled. So manifestation can take place anywhere at any time. All it takes is someone to believe. All it takes is someone to believe and have faith that God is able to do whatever you need him to do. And manifestation can take place. You know, I believe that's what separates or what should separate the apostolic church from any other church. It should be the fact that we believe that at any moment manifestation can take place at any time. That we can go other places and be in other buildings. We may not have a manifestation. There's a difference from filling God and seeing the works of God. I want to not only feel him, but I want to see his works in action. And so I, 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 I truly believe that we ought to be at a place in our walk with him, in a place where we come together to gather uh, in his name, that he will show up in the midst of us. And so I truly believe today that there will be manifestation. But I've come to ask a question before I get into the word here. Who needs a manifestation from the Lord? Because if we need a manifestation, then God is able to beat that need. Amen. I truly believe that. He's able to meet that need. The Bible says in the book of James chapter number 5, it says in verse number 14, the scripture says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Then it says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we drop to verse number 19, verse number 19 says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, 
Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude. Somebody say multitude. A multitude of sins. When we look at that word multitude, it just doesn't mean a few. It just doesn't mean a lot, but yet leaving out a little. That word multitude isn't just talking about some of the sins or just the little sins, and it doesn't cover the major sins. The word multitude comes from a word in Hebrew known as plethos, plethos, which means the whole number or the whole multitude. So now the scripture says that in verse number 20, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude or the entire number of the sins. This is important for us to understand because I want to refer back up to verse number 16. Verse number 16 says for us to confess our faults one to another. And pray for one another. Why? That we may be healed. This is important here because we need to be able to cover one another. Support one another. Help one another. I have said in times past that it is important for each individual in here to ask for help. That if you need help, you need to reach out and say, I need help. I need help my brother I need help my sister and not allow yourself to spiral down a hole that you think you cannot get out of what good is that for you to keep spiraling until you reach a point in depth to where you feel like you cannot climb back out because that's what the enemy wants to do he wants you to spiral so low to where you get so low on yourself and so low in sin and so deep in the things of this world to when you feel like you cannot climb back out you feel like there's not a rope long enough that can reach you so then what do you do you just stay away from church you stay away from people you ignore phone calls you ignore text messages you don't want to read your word you don't feel like praying why because you've dropped so low when all you had to do is say i need some help but then we need people of god that are mature enough in the holy ghost to be able to help somebody in the time of need because what good is it if somebody needs help but they cannot confide in you to let you know i'm in trouble i need some help and they don't feel like you're going to go behind them back and tell everybody about what's going on in their life but we need a church that is healthy enough, that is strong enough, that can support one another. Why? Because it covers a multitude or the whole sin. Amen. Uh-huh. That's the importance of this verse. That when we convert someone from the errors of their ways, hallelujah. That means I'm helping somebody from going down the wrong path. <laughs> uh, somebody may want me to continue on, but I want to stay here just for a moment because this is the purpose of the church. It's one of the major components of the church. We've heard all the cliches, if you will, the church is the hospital and this is where they come and things of that nature. And I believe in all of that. That is true. 
But if we can't support and give the help that we need when people need the help, then where they're going to go back to, right back to the world, right back to what they know. But we need men and women of God that are mature enough in the Holy Ghost to be able to help people and support people in the time of need, to be able to pray with people and love people and let them know that you can come out. And yes, you are going in the wrong direction right now. See, we can't be afraid to tell people when they're going in the wrong direction. I would want you to tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction. We should love someone enough that we're willing to tell them to the truth to keep them out of hell. Amen. Ah, we ought to love one another enough to say, uh-uh, that's, that's the wrong direction. We've got to shift. We've got to change. We've got to go in the right direction. As long as we're sticking to the Bible and not our opinion. As long as we're sticking to the Bible and not our opinion, we've got to help people and tell them, oh, no, there's some error in your ways. We've got to go in the right direction. Help them out. Pray with them. To help someone along the way. I truly believe there are many here today that need healed from the errors of their ways. I'm learning that too many in the churches of today are wounded. They are bruised from past iniquities, past faults, past failures, past shortcomings. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number five, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse number six says, And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us. Oh, oh we ought to clap our hands unto the Lord right there. Of us all, the Bible says. I am crying out to those that have been hurt by people. All to those that have what I call people hurt. That Jesus did not cause that pain. He did not cause that hurt. So I want to cry out to those that are here and all those that are watching, come back to Jesus. Just come back to Jesus. I know people have hurt you, but Jesus did not hurt you. Come back to Jesus. Don't allow an individual or a person stop you from coming back to Jesus. Because I know there are many people in the house and outside of the house that have this people hurt problem. But they're blaming Jesus and faulting Jesus for the things that people have done. But I've come to cry out with a loud voice, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Don't let anybody in this house or anybody outside of this house stop you from coming back to Jesus. Jesus. The Lord will take care of that person. Matter of fact, he may even allow to bring about restoration. But the scripture says in Luke chapter number 17, verse number one, it says, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. The word offend there in the scripture means to cause one to stumble. We need to understand that we are not in the stumbling business. 
but we are in the edifying business. Amen. We are here to build up and not tear down. We must be healed from people and we must be healed from people's opinions. They say that time heals. We've heard that saying before. I do not believe that time heals. I truly believe that Jesus heals. That's what I believe. I believe that Jesus heals. There are certain things in my life that still come back to my mind and still cause a little hurt and still cause some things for me to think a certain way. See, I need Jesus to heal me. We need Jesus to heal because there's certain things in our past and certain things that have been done to us that can cause us to be rubbed the wrong way and cause us to feel a certain way. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of just saying time will take care of this and time will heal it. No, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to heal the heart. We need Jesus to touch our minds. We need the Lord to take care of her. What I'm simply saying is, is don't brush it under the, word, uh, under the rug. Don't be that type of person. Don't just brush it under the rug and say, well, I don't need to see that person. I don't need to talk to that person. In time, everything will take care of her. No, we need Jesus. Because when we brush things under the rug, when the next person comes along, we already have up this, this wall, if you will. We already put up this safeguard because we don't want to get hurt again by someone that we we've been hurt by in the past we don't want that same feeling again but we need Jesus to oh I wish I had a church in here to talk to we need Jesus to heal us that's what we need from the inside out so it doesn't matter and I don't care how much time has passed unless Jesus heals you and I those past feelings can and will still haunt us. God has chosen us to help one another. We dare not be independent. He brings us to a place where we submit ourselves to one another. If we refuse to do this, we get away from the word of God. I was reading about someone who went to a church meeting and was very sick and was getting worse and worse. And he knew the perfect will of God was for him to humble himself and ask one of the elders to pray for him. But he put it off. He stayed the entire church service. He went home and then he went home and began to anoint himself. And then he prayed over himself. Well, everyone in the household ended up getting sick and everyone in the household ended up dealing with the same suffering that he had because we must follow the principles of the Bible that we don't put things off that if we are sick and if we are in need, the Bible says to go to the elders of the church that they will anoint you with oil. That the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's what the scripture says. You know, I can say the same thing, whether it's dealing with sickness or whether it's dealing with the spirit, a certain spirit of hate or offense or any type of depression, anger, anything. You never want to put those things off. Because anytime we put things off and we don't take care of it here in the house of the Lord, then you can take those things right back home with you. And now, not only are you taking sickness home with you, but you're taking anger back home with you. You're taking offense back home with you. Uh-huh. You're taking depression, oppression back home with you. That's why when we come into the house of the Lord, we need to take care of those things right here, right now. We give an opportunity for people to take care of those things so that we don't travel back home with the same thing. And then we go week after week, month after month, sometimes year after year, dealing with those same things. But that is not the will of God. The will of God is for you and I to be able to come into the house of the Lord, give ourselves over to him, and allow ourselves to be healed by him. 
And that's what I truly, I believe is going to take place here today. I truly believe that many people here today are going to be healed by the Lord in many areas of your life. I truly believe that. I truly believe that many people are dealing with here a lot of whether it be people hurt people offenses but things that have we have been taking back home that we haven't been allowing the Lord to heal right here I truly believe that and that's what the Lord has been dealing with me all throughout this day and all throughout this week that the healing that will take place throughout excuse me on this day the healing that will take place on this day is going to deal with how we are handling how we have dealt in the past with things, how people have hurt us and how we're dealing with things right now and not going home being the same way. Let me explain this just a little bit more, because what I've come to understand is, is that. Even when we give people the opportunity to be healed, even when we give people the opportunity to be made whole, it doesn't mean people always take the step to be healed. It doesn't mean people always take the step to be made whole. There's a lot of different factors that come into that. There's intimidation, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's, well, I've prayed for this before and that's in times past and nothing has really changed. There's a lot of different things that come to our mind and a lot of it is just the work of Satan. A lot of it is just the work of the devil trying to convince us that nothing will change in your life. And that's why I truly believe that the Lord has dealt with my heart to deal with miracles of healing this month. Because a lot of us not only need to be healed here, we need to be healed physically as well. We need healing all over our body and we need healing in our homes as well. We need healing to take place in our homes. We need healing to take place in our families. Let me talk to you for a little bit because I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. We, we need healing in our families. We need healing in our situations and things that are happening in our life that we're struggling with. Things that we know God is able to do, but we're battling in our faith that is God, is God going to do it. <laughs> I said we believe God can do it. But will he do it? And see, when we get to that point to where God, can he or will he do it in my life? That's what hinders the trust. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what hinders the trust. Uh-huh. That's what hinders the trust. Right there. Sister Carson, we can, we can talk about it, we can sing about it, but do we trust him to do it? Do we trust him to do it? And there's a lot of things that can happen and take place in our life that hinders the trust. I can, I can, we can go as deep as we want to down, down that conversation, but it can hinder the trust. There are certain things in a relationship that my wife and I can do to one another that will hinder the trust. And that trust would need to be built back up. See, can I talk to this church? 
See, see, there was a time in my wife and I's marriage when she had to come to me and say, honey, you don't make me feel comfortable talking to you. You don't make me feel comfortable. When, when, I, when I come talking to you, you don't make me feel comfortable expressing myself to you. What, what do you mean? What you, what you talking about don't make you feel? She said, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you, you, know, you need a change. What you talking about? I'm, I'm easy to talk to. No, you're not. What you talking about? And my face is like this. It's your facial expressions. What do you mean? You, you see how my voice changes when, you know. We need to talk about this because it's affecting our trust. It's affecting the relationship. It's affecting how I talk to you and how you communicate with me. I, I didn't plan on going down this road, but I, can I just talk to you for a moment? It's, it's, it's affecting how we communicate because I just don't feel comfortable having an open and honest conversation about anything. Because even when I think I'm responding the right way, it wasn't the correct way. It wasn't the way I needed to respond in those moments. Now she said, you're real good if you just take a moment and then you come back about two days later, you're great. So I need a, I got to have a 48 hour response. But in that moment, uh-uh, we, we, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. And it's messing up our trust. I, 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 I love you, baby. I, I'm, I'm pointing at you, but <laughs> this is, yeah, let me point. I love you, baby. I just talked about separating from the world Sunday night, so we... Come out from among them, be ye separate. We, we don't do that. I, 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 I love you, baby. I know you love me.
with my wife and I, the way she was communicating to me. And as I have learned through our conversation about our prayer life, I found that her communication with me was very similar to her communication. Because it all comes back to what I'm talking about. We've been affected by people. And we've been affected by situations that affect our communication. So then our communication with God is off. And we're not giving it all over to the Lord. But I truly believe today. That there's going to be a healing in the hearts and the minds of the people in this church. If it's just one person in here who I'm talking to, who I'm speaking to, that we need to understand that we need healing in our hearts and in our minds so that we can give it all over to the Lord. When's the last time you took time just to pour it all out to the Lord? I'm talking about just empty yourself out. There's no reservation. There's no holding back. There's no wondering if. There's no wondering what I'm not sure about it but you just emptied yourself to the Lord. I'm talking about gave it all over to him to where you just put it all. The Bible says that he cares for us. It says to cast your cares upon him for he cares for us. But we have this reservation. We're, 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 we're holding back a little bit, but we say, God, I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe in you. Jesus can, Jesus will. I be- We sing about it, don't we? We talk about it. I believe, I believe in you. We have our hands raised. Tears are coming down our face. I believe, I believe in you. And Jesus is saying, well, come on and give it to me then. Come on and give it to me then. Come on and pour it out then. Come on and empty yourself then. And we're saying, saying I believe believe I believe in you but guess what we're not moving we're not taking steps of faith we're just staying where we are saying I believe I believe in you and we go home saying I still believe I still believe in you and Jesus is saying well give it to me then give it to me then give yourself to me then I believe in the Holy Ghost well come on give it come on and pour yourself out receive the Holy Ghost I believe God can heal well come on pour it all out on him Watch what the Lord is able to do for you. So we must move from, I believe, I believe, to pour it out. Pour it out. And watch what the Lord does. Watch what he does in your life, in this place. Even right now. If we want... Miracles of healing. There should be no hesitation in our trust in the Lord. The scripture talks about a leper that came to the Lord. Now think about this, a leper. Now think about how hard it would have been to get to Jesus as a leper. First of all, he had to be cast out. So he had to hear about Jesus that he was able to heal. So thankfully he had a friend that told him somebody's here that can heal you. I thank the Lord for that. 
He had somebody to tell him, hey, you got to come on here. Somebody's here that can heal you. And then the leper had to be able to press his way to Jesus because he had a conversation with Jesus. He said, if thou will, I know you can do it. I know you can heal me. Jesus said, the Bible says that Jesus lifted up his hand, laid it on him and says, I will. <laughs> he just simply said, I will. And then he said, be thou clean. He said, I will. But notice how the leper had to push through everything else. In other words, empty himself out, give it all and say, Lord, I know you can. If you will, Lord, I know you can heal me. Jesus said, I will, because that's what Jesus wants to do. That's what he wants to do. He wants to heal. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your family. He wants to heal your body. He wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what he wants to do. He wants to simply stretch out to somebody and say, I will. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. Come on. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. I will. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. Lift your hands unto the Lord. <laughs>